I am here with Dave Latelli, man of many fames, child of a muggle mold president, boxer, businessman, founder of Butterbean Motivation, New Zealander of the Year, local hero, community legend, and inspiration. But today, we're going to talk about the Dave Latelli, the father, what becoming a dad means, how it changes us men as dads. In this episode, we look at the challenges and comedy of raising a blended family when two parents come from completely different backgrounds from pregnancy and the fourth trimester, right through to every stage of parenthood. Dave, welcome to Dad Pod, mate. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate this. Hey, I start this podcast with every guest with the same question. When did you know you wanted to be a dad? Oh, man. When I saw my first son, <laughs> when he popped out of there, yeah, I, I knew then. Did it take right up until that point? Because, you know, some people, I ask that question right because some people think about it their whole way going through. They're like, oh, I can't wait to be a dad. You know, even when they're younger, they'll think of it. That's something you never thought of until that point, until you were face to face and you're like, yes, this is what I want to be. Yeah, a lot of people think about it. And even some of my friends, you know, people I've known in the past thinking that, you know, becoming a father will change you for the better. Yeah. You know, and that's why you have a kid, you know, to try and correct bad yeah. habits. Yeah, you know? yeah. Some people will do it to try and fix relationships, yeah. all sorts of things. You know, and I don't, you know, obviously I don't believe that works. <laughs> but for me, yeah, I mean, I never really thought about it until I saw, you know, my son. My firstborn was Tavita, but my first, you know, I took on my ex-partner, I took on her son, William, who's, you know, my son. Mm-hmm. I started raising him from three yeah, I guess right. that's when. Yeah. Yeah, right. sorry. I guess I guess that's when. I just, I loved, you know, being responsible for someone, for another life. And, you know, when he first called me dad, I was very, very proud. Was it weirdly more emotional than what you thought it would or was when, when that occurred? Or had you sort of been waiting for it or? I was waiting for it, for yeah. him to call me dad. And, but it was emotional when he first called me dad. I wasn't forcing it on him. But yeah, I was really happy when he did. Um, so this is Dad Pod, and, and before we go into you as a dad and to expand on more what you were saying, I think it's obviously quite important to ask about your own upbringing. People are interested in this story. Um, like it's quite a different yarn to what many other people would have. So what was it like? What is what is life like as young Dave Latelli? It was a roller coaster. Uh, you know, my, as you said earlier, my father was the president of the Auckland chapter of the Mongrel Mob. He has totally turned his life around now. But, you know, I was born into um, a gang environment and everything that goes with that. But, you know, I thought it was normal, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, my first memory of the police was at three years old, them raiding our house. And, <sighs> yeah, and, you know, and taking all our Christmas presents. Wow. Um, I asked my mum about that. I said, you know, just to get my facts right. You know, yeah. I talk about it a lot. Yeah. And uh, we were staying in Hamilton at the time. And uh, my mum and some of the other Mongol mob uh, wives went to Auckland and uh, burgled all these houses and took all the presents and came back to Hamilton and gave them to us, you know. Oh, so and, um, you, your presents were originally robbed presents. Yeah, and then um, the house got raided for something else that my father was doing. And, um, you know, I laugh about it now. Now I understand why my Christmas presents weren't just under the tree. You know, they were <laughs> under the beds and the closet and the attic, <laughs> hidden in the oven. They're all around the place. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that was the, my introduction to the system was very traumatic you know from that day on i hated the police yeah like a lot of kids that's that's their first introduction to the system so you know my father went away when i was five for armed robbery that's what he did for a living rob banks Mm -hmm. um and i guess in terms of father figures my first true father figure was my grandfather my dad's father when he got sentenced and went away for um i think 10 years 
My grandparents were so embarrassed of my father, they moved countries and uh, took me with them. And he was my real first role model in a good way. It was my grandpa, raised me for six years. Then I had my other uncle, Lay, another role model, lived with us when he wasn't in prison, but he was also a mobster with the New Zealand chapter and he was also a bank robber, but, you know, he specialised and focused on armoured trucks. So it was... (laughs) You know, um, I used him. He was another role model, uh, you know, in a bad way. Yeah. And then I had another uncle who went total opposite direction and did really well in business, and he was another role model. So I had all these role models. Some were good and, you know, and a couple were bad, you know. Yeah. So the whole story is remarkable. There's so many questions to get to it. One of the questions that I had for later on, but you just made me think to ask it now, though, what would you say to people that are listening to this that might not themselves have had strong role models um, as father figures in their own lives and they're wondering how best to do that with new kids coming in like the fourth trimester or, or whatever that they're currently in? Oh man, I don't know. That's <laughs> a hard one. The reason I ask, right, and to give you some ideas as some answers, like you currently though are a great role model to many. Like I was having this conversation with uh, someone that I work with on my radio show, Rog, just the other week, right, and you uh, sort of stand alone from a lot of other people at the moment are seemingly the one person who cares for so many different types of things. Like it feels like everybody else sees things and hopes for the best and this and that, but you're like the guy who is out there hard on the sleeve, like genuinely trying to make a difference. And it's not just with like friends or whatever's happening there or Hawke's Bay as a good example, getting people things that they need, the nutrition, the motivation, like you're the role model that I'm talking about. Yeah, and I think, you know, coming from where I came from, I encourage anyone going through similar struggles. You know, I I tried to never use it as an excuse Mm -hmm. and I tried to use it as fuel to be better. You know, I remember moving back here in in 2014. I lost my children. I didn't have my boys. And uh, me and my partner, we broke up. And I find it hard to talk about, especially, you know, now I'm I'm, I'm down already. Um, but, you know, we broke up and it was my fault because I was an idiot. I was mm-hmm. doing, you know, bad things, things I saw as a kid to, to get by. Mm-hmm. You know, I just remember my, as they were walking off, with their mum. And I remember my son, Tavita, he looked back at me and he gave me a look like uh, he knew he wasn't going to see me in a while, you know, and it broke my heart. But I, I used it as fuel. I encouraged people. I used that look as fuel. I had to have my kids back and I'd stop at nothing to get them back and to be a better example for them, you know, and I use that as my why. And um, so I encourage everybody to use struggle and adversity and anything you've gone through that's tough as, as fuel to be better. It's remarkably strong. I hope you do have a great sense of self-pride of where you're at now, though. Because I know a lot of people look in and might have first known you as Bada being the boxer and, you know, had lost to say, and this is what I'm going to do. And the transformation is quite incredible. Like, you, Dave Latelli, might have always been in there, right? But from what the public sees, like, like I'm, I'm not even friends with you, but I've got friends that are very good friends with you, right? And just from the outside looking in, I'm, like, proud of what you see as a fellow New Zealander. Yeah, the boxing. Like, are you self-aware yeah. of it? Oh, I, I never really I know it's so to Kiwi to be like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to be. I'm, but. I'm proud of myself because, you know, geez, those were some dark times in 2014. Yeah. And then the whole boxing stuff came along and I was playing a character, mm-hmm. but everyone hated my guts, you know. So I had to, you know, I was already very depressed and now I had to contend with online hate. Um, but again, I just, I just used it, you know, um, that look my son gave me and I'd cry myself to sleep every single night and I used it all as fuel and I said, I'll show you what I can do. And I had to be this bad guy mm-hmm. in boxing, but it was all for the cause. I knew where I was going I, and it was to get my kids. I would close my eyes and dads would understand. 
I close my eyes at night or any time through the day and I just dream, I just envision of being at the airport, you know, with my arms out and my kids running up to hug me, you know. And uh, when that day happened, it was just an unbelievable feeling. And uh, everything I do is to try and be a good example for them. Definitely being a good example. Um, Dave Latelli, on a slightly different note, right, how important is it to lead by example to your younger generation, to your kids, right, through the ways of like exercising and nutrition, which you do so well for such a big part of society at the moment. I see it everywhere. Yeah, look, it's, it's inspiring to watch. It's hard, man. Like, I'm not going to lie, you know, and pretend I'm this perfect dad because I'm not. Yeah. And by the time, this is the hard thing. When you're doing what we do and serving others, and it's grown to be such a large organization mm -hmm. that's helping hundreds of thousands of people. Unfortunately, your family miss out, you know, and if your family get the worst of you, it's hard and I battle with it. But it's also the way that, you know, we're helping others and also the things that we're doing to make a living, to put food on the table. Well, it's a tough question though, eh, yeah. of balance. It's, it's man, it's, 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 I'm chasing it. It's like a myth. <laughs> yeah. Chasing. So like as time goes by though and you learn more and have good advice in and around you, like I assume you'd have people like Mike King and that, other people that have been on those podcasts who are a good ear for, in a similar role in terms of helping other people. Like is he good counsel? Like is he? Yeah, I called up with Mike. He gave me a call on, uh, what day was it? Friday to check in. You got to worry when Mike's ringing you to say, "Hey, man, just calm down a bit." <laughs> <laughs> Am I that out there at the moment? <laughs> yeah, Mike King's telling me to calm down. I know, oh, man. I must be out there. So, uh, yeah, I, I check in. Mike checks in with me a lot. I check in with him, and yeah. uh, you know, I have a good friend, Rob Campbell, and I've surrounded myself with very good people. You know that I can just be open with and be vulnerable. But you know, it is a constant battle trying to balance that thing with the kids and just to switch off because it's hard switching off doing what we're doing, bro, because, you know, if I see a message of a mother that's got starving children, how can I ignore that? Yeah, you can't just go you back know, on Instagram. Yeah, I can't just ignore that and just say what they can wait till Monday. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got to act, I've got to do something, and that's the hard thing. Um, but I am tr I'm trying. Well, good on you for trying more. I mean, you can only do what you can do as well. You're already doing great work. Do you have more and more people, I'm just interested in this, other dads, other people come to you to try and help as well with this going on that are in different positions? Like, Yeah, we get lots of, you know, yeah. our, we get lots of support from, um, you know, different people. You know, our model is it's community and business and government working together. Um, we get lots of dads, lots of everyone just yeah. wanting to help out and give their time. Yeah, so we're very blessed. Um, so now, Corrine, your wife? Yep. When you met her, um, you guys had th three children already. How did you work through what the family dynamics would look like as to who would work, who would do family admin? How did that all play out? Yeah, so, yeah, my wife, Corrine, she's amazing. I had three boys. She hadn't. She didn't have any. Uh, we met, and the boys come over for our wedding. Yeah. And they ended up staying with me. So I was so happy that I've got my boys back. Great wedding present. Yeah, and it literally was. Yeah. You know, the, we found out that we were going to stay the day after our wedding. Unreal. And um, so she had to go from owning her own hair salon in Parnell and being very independent and with me everywhere. As we were growing BBM, she was right there beside me and then she had to sort of stop that a bit because the kids were young. You know, so it was very hard on her going from having no children to three. Yeah, you know, wow. And then and then having our own. I so. mean, great <laughs> wedding present for you, but for her, she's like, oh. It was tough on her and because I was so happy. I didn't really consult with her either, which, <laughs> which made it worse. But um, she was happy and it's worked out, you know. They all call her mum and, you know, things are good. Yeah, good. Then the two of you obviously had a child. So I'm interested to know how that changed the family dynamics. 
having, for lack of a better term, what acknowledged as a blended family like? Mm. Is it all just one big happy family? How does it work? (laughs) Most of the time it's a happy family. I I think with the blended stuff, it's hard because with her – no family is normal either. Yeah, she doesn't know, you know? sort of, you know, in terms of the, the whole discipline thing, it's hard for her because I feel guilt, you know, of what I put them through Yeah, when they weren't with me. And so I'm very, very soft and what I'd give them anything. You almost become like granddad, them. like yeah, granddads yeah. do with that 100%. second generation. And that's what my grandpa did I see it with me. my kids all yeah. the time. I'm like, what is going on here? 100%. And, uh, you know, so she's trying to be the tough one, which is hard on her. And, yeah, it is tough. Well, that brings me to this next question, though. People say that you often chill out less and worry less with each child. Have you found that? Or you are just saying before, though, you can be nicer and softer on the, on the older children. Do you get better as you go as a dad, do you think? Or is it always different and a new challenge? I think it's different and a new challenge because each child's different, has a different personality. There's no one size fits all, you know. You've got to have a different approaches for each of them. Uh, at the moment, my 14-year-old's really hard work, you know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas my 17-year-old, you know, he's a lot more independent. He's doing really well. But all my children are, are doing well. My eldest, 21, uh, he's going to uni doing engineering. Awesome. My kids, when I look at my children, I understand I've broken the cycle. I look at my children and they don't see life through my eyes. It's totally different. And it's funny because I was talking to my coach, my trainer, about my son, my youngest son, Brooke, he's five, playing league, and I got so competitive and I haven't had anything to do with league in so long. Well, for I, those who don't know, just to bring this in too, you were a very competitive rugby league player, obviously, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I played schoolboy Kiwis and I played for North Sydney Bears and I played in front. I was well, chasing that dream. Yeah. I chased the dream. I've, yeah. I've had nine knee operations. My body's wrecked, but I was very, very competitive. And, you know, my son, Brooks, just started playing league. And I try and keep it, oh, it's, it's just it's about fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. But this was the third game and it's not about fun anymore. You gotta be good. You gotta and I was going, why and then I was talking to my cause I felt guilty, you know, and I said to my coach, I said, Well, I don't know why I'm like that. And he goes, Well, I think when you were young, playing rugby league or anything you did was a way of getting out. You know, you were trying to break the cycle and to be something. Anything you did, you did it with a hundred percent. You went in because you were trying to get out. You know, you come from hunger. You know? Like the greatest boxers yeah. and fighters in history and, are and often that similar story, yeah. And your kids don't, your kids have full plates, you know, every, so it's, it's just different. And I've sort of thought about that and I was like, yeah, you're right, you know, so it's... um Maybe give them half a plate before the league goes. Yeah, it's just a tough <laughs> arm, man. I've, again, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect at all. My, my oldest son, you know, we don't hardly talk, you know, and I just think, I think as my eldest, he saw a lot more in the breakup yeah. and, um, you know, and then it's just... He's doing well, but, you know, we don't talk. So I just think, you know, what have I what have I done? You know, was I too hard or was I too soft and trying to not make similar mistakes with my other three boys, try, you know, not pushing them away, but, you know, he doesn't talk to us. He doesn't talk to his brothers. And uh, it's tough. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I've done, but, um, you know, all I guess all I can do is let him know that I'm here and that I love him regardless. And when he's ready, I'm here. So it's 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 that's tough, man. You'd battle to find the perfect family anywhere, though, that doesn't have something going on in it. Yeah. You and your wife, do you guys have the same sort of parenting style? Or no, are you not at all. <laughs> yeah. If you could see Dave's face, it was just, it was very quick to look at me with a smile. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. She's a bit more uh, disciplined. Yeah. You know, and I'm... I'm so, not. I wouldn't pick you as necessarily the big softie. I wouldn't pick you as a massive, you know, necessarily full discipline either, but... 
I don't know. I wouldn't have picked you as a big softy. Yeah, I think it's, it comes again, you know, I guess it's out of guilt, you know, yeah. and, and also from where I came from. So, you know, we didn't have much. So I want to give my kids everything. Yeah, right. You know, and, and that when I got into trouble, it was driven to give my kids everything, you know, and that's distinguishing it. Whether it's crime or working a thousand hours, it's the same. You're doing it for your children. Yeah. You know, so yeah, a lot of the gangsters I've known in the past and, and know today do things and they justify it for their kids. You know, that's the mindset. I'm doing it for my children. Yeah. You know, we've sort of got to get away from that, you know. Um, what's examples of how soft you've been then in terms of like treats? Is is uh is it material stuff? Is it being allowed to watch T V later? Like I'm just interested as to who soft Dave Latelli yeah. is. Well, you know, I just you know, there wouldn't the be a bad time if it wasn't for me. I'd just, you know, do what you want to do. You know, treats every night. You know, yeah. was, um, you know, if, if they want something, I'll give it. Because that's the way I live my life as well. You know, if I can help, I will. You know, if I have it, I'll give it. And I guess that's just, that my parenting style as well, which is not, you know, you got to have balance. So it's lucky with my wife. But that's the way, you know, and we're doing okay now. So when my son wanted a car, I'd say, oh, I'll just go to my mate and he'll give us a good deal and get him a real nice car. Something, you know, that I would want when I was young. Yeah. Um, but my wife's going, no, 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 just get him to save up and he can buy his own first car, you know, so that's the difference, you know, so she, he can appreciate it. I said, well, but I can just give him one, you know. I reckon that's quite an interesting point that I'm not sure we've talked about much on the dad pod so far is for new parents, right, or any parents, whether it's new or whether you've got a couple, is coming to that agreement between partners yeah, as to what the right thing is because you can both be right in your own heads as to what the best course of action mm. for y- your child is, but you can have vastly different opinions as to what that correct thing is. Yeah, and that's probably <clears throat> something we should have done. <laughs> we haven't had that agreement. Yeah. So it's probably why... And I, well, I don't definitely... think me and my wife, sometimes yeah. we'd, we'd have the same thing, yeah. Sharon and I, like for sure. Like you both, because all fundamentally all you both want is the absolute best. Yeah. But you can have really different ideas as to as to yeah. how to get to that, and it causes a lot of friction. Yeah, it causes yeah. Even last night, you know, it's a, it causes a lot of friction. That's <laughs> uh, why you're in your car outside. <laughs> I often have to sleep in my son's room, which the bed's too small. So <laughs> you're your big unit. Hey, um, so we ask these same questions from, uh, from everybody that comes in. Okay, um, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice before becoming a dad, what would it be? Um, just be patient. You know, that's what I would give myself, just be patient. Because I'm, I'm very impatient in everything, all aspects of my life. If I can just have a bit more patience with my kids, especially at the start, when I was just coming into it, it would have made for some happier days at the start. Something that everybody says for everything, but then we all are guilty of not having patience. Again, yeah. I'm guilty of the same thing. I Yeah, I'm very, very impatient. I'm trying, I'm working on it, but... I say I'm working on it and then I'm bagging the government for not doing anything for us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you wish you did more of and what do you wish you did less of every day as a parent? Uh, what I wish I did more of, to spend more time, quality time with my kids because the time I'm spending, it's not really quality because I get home and I'm wrecked mentally and I'd have no patience left. Um, so I wish I'd spend more quality time. And what do I wish I'd do less? Yeah. Oh, it's hard because I mean that. I mean, all, that is, all I do every day is help people. Yeah, I and know. I try and I get my kids around. All my kids, especially my youngest, my five-year-old book, all he's ever seen is helping people work out and helping people at the food sheds. All he ever knows. He his stories at school when he go and check out his books. It's like today I went to 
the food bank and helped. But that's incredible. You know, so, yeah, so the, you know, the only thing I can do less of is spend less time doing that stuff, which we can't. Can you not share that load out with other people more? Yeah, we do share it out, but there's times like... Um, it has to be you. There's times like where I worry for my team. Because yeah. all our team have families. Yeah. But it's yeah. hard. Yeah. I'd say to our team, look, as you grow, you know, and we're growing, and we have to be, you know, we're so conscious not to turn into one of these large agencies that are filled with bureaucrat. If you don't actively try, you will become them. So that's my, my main job is trying not to become that. And also... Uh, making sure like as you start introducing money and people get paid, you sort of lose the aspect of service. Mm -hmm. Doing stuff on the weekends, doing stuff after hours, that's the service part of what we do. And unfortunately, well, I should say, no, it's not, you know, that's the life we've chosen. Yeah. You know, so that's the, the sacrifice. And I tell everyone who wants to, you know, I'm thinking of starting this charity, I, I want to get into this kind of work. I say, well, you have to be willing to sacrifice time with your family. Yeah. Because that's what it takes. You saying though that your little five year old um, is with you in that in that time yeah. though, like that's, I try and make. Sh I, so that is sort of you might not see it as it, but when I hear it from this side, like that is amazing quality time where it's incredible of role model wise for what he sees of you doing though. Like yeah, I, so I'm you know from to, what yeah. some the difference of what you saw mm. as a three year old and the difference of what he sees as a three year old from a father figure. Yeah, they couldn't be further apart. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I never thought about that. I ch I've tried to, you know, bring them along. If I'm going to be out there after hours doing stuff, I bring them with me. My son loves, and, and my boys have seen it, the older boys, but, you know, they're older, but they're there. My younger son, he loves it, and it's all he's ever seen. And like you said, when I look at my children, I'm very proud because yeah. they're all doing well, and the, I look at them and I understand this is what breaking the cycle looks like, you know, right here. Dictionary definition yeah, of it. This is it. How do you break the cycle? What does it look like? Here, that's what it looks like. What is something that you missed out in your childhood that you'll make sure you do with your kids? I missed out on my father. Time. You know, I missed out on my mum. You know, my grandparents took me. My younger sister, Vicky, who's passed away now, rest in peace, she was meant to come with me, but my mother kidnapped her off my grandparents to keep her. You know, so I missed out on my sister. <sighs> I missed out on my sister, I missed out on my mum, I missed out on my dad. And I just remember, yeah. man, I don't know why I'm so emotional. I just remember. It's good to be emotional. I though. remember um, in Australia, I was staying with my grandparents, and I remember when my father got out, and I knew he was out, you know. And uh, I just remember crying and screaming while he's on the phone with my grandparents to come home. I just couldn't understand why I couldn't come home, you know. My dad was out. And I, I didn't know why I wasn't being allowed to come back. So all of that I missed. That's why I try and not make those mistakes with my kids and involve them in the work I do. Same thing with my, my wife. She's going, oh, you know, they got to go get normal jobs. So why can't they come work with me? You know, this is a family business. Yeah. You know. This isn't a question either, more just something to say. Um, I saw that beautiful post that you put about your mum on Mother's Day a little while back um, where you were saying what an unreal inspiration that she was? My mum was a hard lady. Um, she met my father when they were, uh, I think, 13. She was a street kid from Hamilton. Um, amazing woman, um, been through, been through mm. so much. No one should ever have to lose a child. Yeah. You know, losing my sister to cancer, the way that it happened as well, you know. Um, 
yeah, she's a strong lady. Right. If your growing kids described you in one word, what would you hope it was when they're, when it's all said and done? In one word? Can be a couple. How would you hope they describe you? Uh, I'd hope they describe me as someone who helped others, you know, someone who um, gave back, you know, and and, um, and loved them. You know, I often think about the everything we're doing now is I'm trying to create this legacy for them. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a, our name was such an held in such a negative uh, steam, you know, not anymore. And I'm trying to, you know, when they look back in a few years and they just go, man, look what my dad built. Look at the people we helped. Look at the people that are still alive, living their best lives with family now because he existed. You know, that's what I want my kids to look back on and see. I reckon lots of people will join your kids in saying that. Mm. Like New Zealand already says that. I'm not saying that because you're right in front of me. Like like I was saying, we were having that conversation just the other day when we were talking about trying to get you on Dad Pod to have this chat. Like people already think that. It's incredible the work that you've done and the people that you've saved and helped so far. I think so. If you can help, you should. I agree. You know, and we can help, so we do. I, I like it. Hey, um, last question for you, David Telly. We've I've really appreciated your time on this as well. Um, a story unlike many others, and what you've come to be and and done for others is incredible, mate. Um, what resources do you wish you had back in the fourth trimester, like when babies were first there, um, when you were just starting out your journey as a parent? What do you wish you had? Oh, I think it was all right through, even with the latest. So with my latest son, Brooke, which was my wife's first son, um, just more like uh, more help, you know, Yeah. Uh, just around like, especially when you don't know anything and just, the, you know, help around breastfeeding, you know, to, um, just just everything. Because you can parent. so often feel like you're doing it wrong or you're the only one who doesn't know how to do yeah. it. I, I think that's what I remember thinking at the yeah. time. I was like, why am I cooking this? Like, if, look at all these people walking around society yeah. and I'm battling with this. Yeah. How, why is it just me? And it's not just you. You only realize that, I reckon, afterwards or later. That you're like, yeah. nah, man, everyone has lots of struggles. 100%. Yeah, just more help, the support, just being together. Like, so, you know, you're not alone. Just that we really needed that um, right through. Dave Latelli, thank you so much for coming on the Dad Pod, mate. It's um, yeah, it's been a, a it's been a privilege to be able to have the chat with you, and thank you for all the work that you've been doing for everybody else. And um, I hope you have the strength to continue to be able to do it for a long time yet, and then get that balance going good with with your own family, because um, New Zealand very much appreciates it, Dave. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it.